If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As always, it is Dale Lippin in here uh, with a very special guest, somebody near and dear to my heart. OG fans know him well um, and new people. Ah, gosh, I just said the F word. Ugh, OG OG listeners know him well. Mm. And um, those of you who don't know are about to know. Uh, he has his own podcast, the Give Me the Points podcast, uh, where they tear it up talking about every other sport that's not MMA. Um, and he also shares something else in common with me, and that is a little a couple chromosomes, uh, a couple, my, couple, my brother, none other than the uh, the handicapper himself, Soup. What's up, buddy? Nothing, man. Uh, I I was excited to get the last minute text there. Um, fill in spot here. Uh, I'm honored to be back on the pod, uh, Punchless Podcast. That's for sure. Um, I'm going to do a quick plug. Uh, like you said, we do do Give Me the Points podcast. Um, we've taken the last two weeks off due to we did our preseason predictions for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, college kicks off this weekend, and then obviously the NFL kicks off next week. So there will be an episode tomorrow as well as every single week until at least February um, when the NFL season winds down. But, yeah, I'm football off the mind tonight. No football, right. no football, not on the mind tonight. MMA, UFC Paris, Paris, the very the uh, the debut UFC Paris event. Uh, MMA has been illegal in France for quite some time, and it is now legal. And we really? can, yeah, man, that's why they haven't that's done it there before. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, it, it's like John McCain's alive, but he's French now, and he's just over there, and he wants <laughs> he wants to keep it illegal. Uh, so yeah, it's it has not worked out well, uh, but here we are, and we've we've a banger of a heavyweight tilt for the main event title implications on the line no less yeah it should be good it should be good i it's always interesting going to a new country and seeing what the fan base is going to look like but i would anticipate a rather rabid crowd on saturday what do you think yeah i mean for sure uh and a first time event absolutely yeah uh, it should be absolute madness um it's like you know, for example, like when they hold the NFL games in London, you know, it's the Jaguars and the Dolphins, but the fans still show out and it's an absolute blast to watch. I, I love they had Nebraska and Northwestern played in Dublin this last yeah. weekend for week zero, man. And it was wild. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a great atmosphere. So absolutely. You throw you throw an event in a, in a, in a country that hasn't been able to hold that event before. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. It'll be sweet. Especially so. two, two bangers. Uh, in the headline, as well as the uh, co-main, for sure, it should be it should be great. Yeah, I want outdoor. This isn't an outdoor event, but I want outdoor UFC events that look like like Polish soccer games, where they're lighting flares and there's smoke rolling through and yeah, people banging drums and stuff like that. That is what a UFC event should look like. Really, any European event, but just any event in general should look like that. I would love this. I want I want more of that. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know if we're going to get that this weekend. No. But no. that would be pretty sick. <laughs> I also think that they should do like a, um, instead of like, if they're going to do continue to do the Apex cards, I feel like they should do like these um, sort of like themed events. Like I would love like a Lionheart fight night where they, <laughs> where like they take like, instead of like Dana White contender series, right? Where you got five fights. Have those five fights take place like in an abandoned swimming pool where half of it's filled up? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like it takes away a lot of the um, the whole skill mindset. Nah, bro. Um, (laughs) No. Tell you what, if it was in an abandoned swimming pool, I'd definitely take Tai Tuivasa. That's right. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. That boy's buoyant. You can tell. (laughs) He's very buoyant. Oh, man. My man looks like a. What, that's not a humpback whale, but what's the uh, beluga? Uh, he's a little too dark for a beluga. What's the <laughs> what's the 
They have the, a, oh, a sperm whale. Yeah, the sperm whale or the um, there's a, a baleen whale. The ones that have like the big teeth. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah, a ba- yeah. Okay, a baleen whale. I think is tied to Ibasa. But all right. Uh, let's see here before we get started. This episode, like all episodes of the podcast, brought to you by Legion's Clothing. Go to legionsclothing.com. You use promo code PUNCH and save 15% off site wide. Or if you're not interested in meat, uh, or if you're not interested in clothes, but you do want to buy some meat, you want to get the best stuff on the planet Earth, you can go to Stay Classy Meats and use promo code FIST and save 10% site wide. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into this card. We're going to move fast, we're going to move furious. Uh, and we'll break this thing down best best we can. The first fight on the main card, Charles Jordan at 13-5-1 is taking on Nathaniel Wood, making the quick turnaround. Mr. Wood is, he is at 18-5. and five. He is the plus 120 underdog here. Uh, and we've got Jordan coming back as the slight favorite, sitting in the uh, minus 140 range, Sue. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Um. It's tough to go against Charles Jordan because of what the body of work he's given us. I know his last fight was Shane Burgos, and I don't really fault anybody for losing to Shane Burgos because I love Shane Burgos, and he's mm-hmm. an absolute just a blast to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I guess in my opinion, I think I think it's good. It's not a lot of juice. It's good value on Charles Jordan here. Hmm. Okay. The opposite. I, I am a little bit on the opposite. Okay. I, I am I'm on I'm on Nathaniel Wood for the time being. And and the reason why, uh, like you said, body of competition. Now, again, we're moving up in weight. This is going to be his second uh featherweight bout. He looked very good against Charles Rosa uh his last time out. We just saw him, you know, less than a month ago back in July against Charles Rosa. Got picked up that that decision win, first featherweight bout. Before that, lost to Casey Kenny. Um, win over John Castaneda, which I think he was like a minus 654 or something like that. And then a loss to John Dodson, which really kind of shocked the world there. Uh, these guys, you know, they, as far as quality wins go, they're kind of sitting in the same spot. They even have a mutual win over Andre Yule. Um, my thing is with this is that if, I, if I'm on Wood, I think Wood is the more technical of the two, right? Like he's very, he's very clean. He's in the box. He's, he's, He's um he's very committed to the fundamentals. Jordan more creative, uh, definitely not afraid to get into a firefight. As we saw in the Wood fight when he when he fought Charles Rosa, he allowed himself to get drawn into a firefight at the very end. Mm-hmm. Not a, not something you can do against Charles Jordan. You cannot yeah. allow Charles Jordan to get going. You can't allow him to be creative. Really, you've got to stifle him pretty much off the rip. Like Nathaniel Woods, not a guy to go out there and exchange creative strike for creative strike with Charles Jordan. He's got to literally be the old man um, that tries to win with fundamentals. He can't be the flashy new kid. You can't beat Jordan at his own game. So go out, stick to the fundamentals and grind out a win. I, I think that Wood is very playable at plus 120, but I don't know. I don't. I don't love this fight yet. I guess maybe I might want to see how they look at weigh-ins to see how big of a forty-five or Jordan is in comparison to a guy that was a former bantamweight, Nathaniel Wood. Right, and I think with with Nathaniel Wood, um, if that's the route you want to go, I think his method to victory would be a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, dude, I we talked about this, but last week, no, not last week, because it wasn't a card two weeks ago. Yeah, I am struggling to bet guys that I think their method of victory is decision because that I'm putting it in the hands of three blind people who have no idea what they're watching. Correct. The judging is so bad right now. Yeah. Um, Nathaniel Wood at a decision right now is at a plus 270. Yep. Um, so if I do think if he's going to win, that's his route to victory. I don't see him sleeping Jordan and I don't see him submitting Jordan. Um, but I do, like I said, if you like Nathaniel Wood, I think – the um, the play would be him by decision. I also think I think Jordan inside the distance at plus two hundred is a decent play as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I think those are the two sides that you would go with. Yeah, yeah, and I I completely agree with your sentiment here, and I think that's very. Uh, there's a lot of precedence to be. Um, no, it's not precedence is not the right word there. There's something to be said about the fact that this is going to be the first UFC event 
in France, we have no idea what judging we're going to get here. Yeah. So decision plays are going to be spicy all night long. This is one um, where you have to manage bankroll correctly. You have to take spots, like you said, where you feel like a finish is probably likely because betting people method of victory by decision or people that are likely to grind out a decision, you can't trust it at this one. So you're playing you're playing finish props and finishers mm-hmm. this this event to be on yeah. the safe side. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I think I think I think that's a good sort of filter to attach to what we're saying here tonight. So that way um we can run everything through that. All right. Next fight, William Gomi at 10 and 2 taking on Yarno Aarons at 13 and 3. Uh we've got <clears throat> we've got the Frenchman uh, first Frenchman on the on the on the main card because Charles Jordan I guess is going to go French Canadian so I don't right. know I'm I'm assuming he's going to get a good pop all the same oh but for the, sure but the first true Frenchman on the main card don't come out who do what about just on the main card <laughs> fuck I can hear you guys in the comments already uh, Gomi supposed to have an S on the on the end of his name there I messed that up minus two fifteen taking on Aaron's at a plus one eighty five so um. The, you know, the countryman is the favorite minus 215. To be honest with you, if I'm just going to be completely honest with you here, I don't know a ton about either one of these guys. It's not something that I'm necessarily feeling like I'm going to make a play on. Um, I do know that that Gomi is is considered uh, one of the top, excuse me, uh, <clears throat> gosh, if I could freaking get my... Uh, get my my tongue to work one of the top featherweights uh in the european circuit right now uh has some wins in cage warriors and aries but to be honest with you soup i don't know a ton about him uh jaron aaron's or jarno aaron's the guy that he's fighting um i again not something that not a guy that i know a ton about um he has a win in brave which is a promotion i'm familiar with but it's not something that i that i know a ton about either so do you have any insight on this one or no no, I mean, I was just looking back on William Gomi's um, record, uh, pulled up Tapology, and I was looking back on it. I mean, the majority of his fights that he's won, he has won by finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, there's there's not much here. Without actually seeing them fight, I'm not one of the guys. I'm not a guy that's just going to go out and blindly be like, oh, he's finished his last five fights in a, a, a promotion that, I know nothing about <laughs> so yeah. and i just yeah nah, he now he what he's less than three months removed from his last fight i do see that one of the things that, but, that 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 sticks out though just looking at it is you're looking at a guy like like gomi who's got a 70 percent finish rate and then aaron's is like a 60 percent finish rate so both mm-hmm. these guys have a penchant for finishing fights but i i as of late it seems when you get two finishers in there it becomes like a stalemate. Like it's not like so there's something it used to be two guys with high finish percentages. You could count on them going out there and doing like, you know, following the recipe that doesn't appear to be the case this year. It's one of the things that I think has consistently cost me money as I try to identify some of the things that I've been getting right. Some of the things I've been getting wrong. Um, I, I'm going to purposely avoid, I'm probably going to avoid this fight. Uh, unless somebody that knows a lot more about these guys hits up the DMs with some intel, probably not going to see the, a play on this on my slip. No, I do say that William Gomi was slated to fight Hen and Brow, uh, but it was canceled. For this event? No, 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 not for this event. Oh. What was I in, his, in his prior promotion. I was going to say, where the hell do they find Hen and Brow yeah. at, man? Yeah, I know. Yep. Name another fighter. Hold on. Outside of Johnny Hendricks, name another fighter more affected by USADA. Than Henan Burrell. That dude, Henan Burrell, real quick, is probably one of the most forgotten about greats that that's ever existed in the sport. Like Henan Burrell, for a moment in time at bantamweight, was was like they they missed a huge opportunity to promote that guy because what do you have like a twenty six fight win streak or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. crushed everybody, everybody. <laughs> um, even going into the first tj fight he was a massive favorite over tj ufc never really gave him a push never really got a pop from the crowd um but he was a murderer man that guy was like that guy was a stud for a long time 
a real long time. Hanan Burrell was no joke. Then you saw it, it came around. Things got real bad real fast. Yeah. John Jones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. But no, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hanan Burrell was, Hanan Burrell was like, and it, this might be a weird comparison, but he was like, he was Max before Max. Hmm. You okay. know what I mean? Like yeah. Max really didn't get the the big push from the start, mm. um, and it took a while for him to become such a fan favorite, and it just kind of flew under the radar for a while. But yeah, I don't know. It's... We lost think... his last five or six fights in yeah. the UFC, and then it was that was it. It was out of nowhere. He was just like, yeah, he's done. Yeah, the thing with Max is he was a novelty for a long time because he was so young. So it was like, right. check out this young exactly. dude with an exciting yeah. style. Yeah, he's and like then fights by the age of like twenty-seven. Right, and then he got <laughs> you know he took he had a little time off, a little bump in the road, some knee stuff and everything, and then came back, and then he started putting it together, and then title fight oh, as a result of a cleaned out division and made the most of it, man, and now considered one of the one of the featherweight goats. All yeah. right, one of my one of my Better big money spots here this weekend. So I'm excited to hear what you think about this fight. Nazrat Hack Parast at 13 and 5, taking on John the Bull McDessie at 18 and 7. Hack Parast at a minus 245 here. McDessie to plus 195. We're not supposed to say free money. We're not supposed to say the L word here, but tell me how this isn't either one of those things, man, because this is a dream spot if I'm if I'm on the Hack Parast side. I I don't know, man. I just I'm <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Kelvin Gastelum Jr. No, um, no. I just I don't know. There's something about him. It's just, I don't know. We, persuade me. Okay. Well, one McDessie's washed. Um, I mean, I think we can. Yeah. I think we can agree that McDessie is on the downturn of of just about everything here. Um, he he's not having a good go of things. I know the record's eighteen and seven, but if you're looking at him, uh, he had that win over Ignacio Bahamondes. That was a split decision win. Uh, that came over a year ago, and most people thought Bahamondes won that mm-hmm. fight. Prior to that, a loss to Francisco Trinaldo. But wins outside of that, nobody that's even remotely close to being in in you know in the promotion anymore. Uh, Jesus Pinedo, Ross Pearson, Abel Trujillo. Trujillo is a pedophile. Pearson's retired. Lost to Lando Venata. Uh, Medi Baghdad, no. Uh, lost to Yancey Medeiros, Cowboy Cerrone, Alon Patrick. I mean, he, he his only wins are against low-level guys or split decisions that he should not have won. Um, the flip side of that is Hack Paras, yes, he has lost two out of his last three. However, Bobby Green, Dan and, Hooker. And Dan Hooker, exactly, right. yeah. Hooker's okay. lost before that, Drew Dober, and his loss before that, world champion jiu-jitsu player, Marcin Held. Other than that, he's beating people, right? Hoffa Garcios, Al... Uh, Joaquin Silva, Mark DeCasey, who's looked great lately. His quality of competition is significantly higher than uh, McDessie. And I do believe that McDessie's on the decline. I mean, I think I think that that's I think that's fair to say. I mean, I, if if you're on the McDessie side, I, I would challenge you this. I mean, he's he's undersized at 155. A guy that could probably make 145. He's very small. He's a generous five eight. Um, he he's smaller than about just about every single person that he fights, um, and he's also getting ready to be thirty eight. Man, um, it's not fun to be thirty eight years old and fight these young killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're on McDessie, I would say of the eighteen wins, he's only finished nine of his fights, so he's doesn't even really have a high finish rate either. So. Where do you think he gets it done if you're if you're on the McDessie side? Bad bad judging? Like is that your Yeah. So I don't it's not necessarily that I'm on McDessie. No, no, I'm just pejorative right. out there, whoever on It's McDessie. more of the Hawk Prost at a minus two forty five. Mm. Do I I think he throws the volume at McDessie? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the volume would be enough to get him out of there. And I like Hack Press by KO at plus mm-hmm. three hundred. 
I think that's a great play. And the reason why I, the reason why I was going to get to that, I'm glad you brought it up because he's looked angry, right? At times. So he had the loss to Dober, mm-hmm. um, but he came out and he fought the Alex Munoz fight and the Hoffa Garcia fight angry, right? Like he, he, he lost, like he won those two and now he's lost two in a row. And if I'm not mistaken, isn't the thing with hack Parast, isn't he like, I mean, I, I know he's, you know, he's from Afghanistan, but like it, there's any fight out of like Germany or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, so he's going to get the European pop. Right. I mean, unless the, unless it, the crowd somehow starts repping Canada as, as like pseudo France, um, McDessie's not getting the pop for this one. It should be hack parast. Uh, hack parast by KO is a plus 300. I love that. Um, and, I think he's a parlay piece. I, I don't. I'm not saying like sit here, load up the bank uh, on a money line play here, but I think he's a parlay piece. I think him and um, we'll get to it later on here. But uh, I, I think I think him and another fighter, the two Lakers, completely reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Keep him I as like a parlay that. piece, and also look at the by KO at 300. Yeah. I like it. All right. Uh, Alessio DeChirico at 13 and 6 taking on Roman Kopilov at 8 and 2. It's this is this fight's available as a pick'em some places. Um I try to use like all the same odds as, as I possibly can. Right. Um and right now Bet DSI who I normally go with uh DeChirico is a slight favorite at the minus 115 spot, Kopilov at a minus 105. I'm leaning the younger guy here in Kopilov just based on the fact that DeChirico is so wildly inconsistent, man. And he's such a meat and potatoes, does a couple things good, does nothing really well kind of guy. Um, it's interesting, though. He'll be he'll get the Italian push. Um, do the French and the Italian like each other? I don't know. I don't. I, don't <laughs> I, should, I feel like I shouldn't know that, but I don't. As a person that's really good, like that, that is really like both of us are very history minded individuals. Yeah. I feel like I should know whether or not the Italians like the French, and I feel like they don't. I feel like that's not a thing. I feel, I feel like, like I feel like neither side likes to take sides. Mm, um, yeah. So I've yeah, maybe they. It depends, also might depend who the other who the other country's ally is. Well, here's the other thing too: is that the Europe, the Europe that we that we envision, it does not look like that anymore. So no. th- th- those <laughs> uh, France doesn't look like the the the, <laughs> the France that it used to. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. They probably they probably don't care at all. Uh, Kopilov probably won't get the pop just for being Russian. So you know they like the. We want to pretend that Russia is the bad guy all the time now. So he probably won't get the pop. Anyway, it doesn't matter at this point. Skill for skill, I like Kopilov better here. Uh, younger, faster, stronger. Um, I think that Tachirika is getting the, you know, a little bit of the lean money-wise for two things only. One is experience. Um, he's fought better guys and did so longer, been with the promotion longer as well. And then obviously being a European card, I think they're they're riding that momentum a little bit. Um I don't think this is a spot where books have a ton of exposure. So they're okay with giving a line like this and letting the public sort of move it around a little bit. Um, don't have a huge lean on this, but I'm kind of liking copy love in the spot. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's tough to take a guy as a favorite who has one win since 2018. Right. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. Um, and it's not the level of competition. is just not there. Yeah for me to even consider taking him as a favorite. Right. And I understand he's a slight favorite, but right. still with that being said, um, you know, he was what he, yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, he's one in five in his last six. Yeah. That's tough. His Sam Alvey numbers. I mean, he just, he's not, he's not doing anything yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then, the what his win was i mean his one win over Joaquin Buckley right yeah Joaquin Buckley and then yeah. in 2018 he beat Julian Marquez yeah um and then he won his debut in 2016 uh against Gareth Gareth McLennan yeah. and it's like so he's what 3 and 3 and 7 in the UFC how's he still in the promotion there are people out there yeah he's it he's on he's in the promotion for two reasons um well, no, really, probably for one. No, two. I'll give him two. One good management, and then yeah. two, 
Um, bef- but before Vittori showed up, he was the only Italian on the roster. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that helps. It, it's like being an Olympic athlete out of like Tonga. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Like you and I could go to Tonga and play for the, the, the Olympic basketball team. Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe. You you think there's ballers in Tonga? There could be. You think they're balling out in Tonga? It could be. Come on, bro. Come on. Jamaican bobsled team. That's yeah. it's case in point. The Chirico's on the roster because he's one of the two two Italians on the roster. I, there might be three at this point. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's why he's on that, and he probably signed two four-fight deals, um, which would make sense. He's probably on the last fight of that, that second four-fight right now. All right. I think we're at the co-main spot are we not i think we are yep robert yeah. whitaker taking on marvin vittori vittori at 18 and 4 whitaker at 23 and 6 bobby nux is a sizable favorite here soup minus 215 over the italian dream marvin vittori plus 185 how do you feel about this fight i like bobby nux here i like bobby nux by decision i think bobby nux is gonna fight Listen, I think Bobby Knox fights Vittori in a similar fashion that he had fought Jared Cannonier. I like Bobby Knox here. So just based off the fact that the, the way he fought Cannonier, that's just that's no. I, I I feel like that's going to be that that will be his. I, listen, I'm not the in and out blitzing karate kick. The you know try to wear down the arms with kicks. Yeah. Okay. I, I think know you Vittori like Marvin Vittori here. I like Marvin Vittori. I know you do. I like grinders, bro. I like I grinders, and I think he's coming. I think he's going to try to. He's not. He has to. He has to worry about the leg kicks of Whitaker because mm-hmm. Whitaker likes to do that in and out karate style inside leg kick, the knee stomp, the push kick, the ellipt. What do they call it? The elliptical kick. Well, your favorite. That's your favorite. Yeah, yeah I love me a good elliptical kick. <laughs> um, he loves all that stuff. I don't see Robert Whitaker knocking out Marvin Vittori. Nor do I. I don't. I don't see him choking him out. That big, thick Italian salami on top of his head. I don't. I, that's, that head looks like a giant wheel of Parmesan. He's not. He, he's just not knocking him out. Um, so that being said, with three rounds to work, I'm good. I think. Basically, a lot of my play is based on Vittori's style versus Whitaker, and I think Vittori is a dog. I know Vittori is going to fight, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I want an underdog that's at least going to go out there and try to win the fight. Vittori is going to try to win the fight, and if he doesn't win this fight, he is the. I, I said this to a guy earlier today. If Vittori does not win this fight, he becomes the middleweight version of Ryan Bader. Remember when Ryan Bader was in the UFC at 205? He couldn't just he could he could beat everybody except for like the top three guys. Yeah. But everybody else he was the boogeyman for. And it was just one of those things where it was like, like there was a for a while there, there was Bader and Phil Davis. And it was like one of those things where it was like, if you if those guys could beat everybody but the top three. And then they went to other promotions and they became champs. So if not, um, if Vittori can't get it done here, um, maybe we see him fly the fly the ship and he fights Johnny Eblen and Bellator for, for Bell, Bellator loves doing European events. If 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 Vittori ever left the UFC and went to Bellator, he'd be a superstar because they would give him every European main event known to mankind. I mean, he really probably could make millions in Bellator. Just saying. Um, which might be the case if Bobby Nux goes out there. But, Nux, dude, Nux is saying he could go to light heavyweight and even heavyweight sometime if he wanted to. I could I could see light heavyweight. Heavyweight, I don't know about that. I don't know about heavyweight. But so you're going to – do you want to – so Marvin Vittori is Ryan Bader. I'm going to go and I'll say that Bobby Nux is Rich Franklin and Adesanya <laughs> is his Anderson Silva. He beats everybody except for Izzy. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I, I yeah. At the, seeing the way that those two fights have gone, I think Whitaker and Izzy could fight ten times, and Izzy wins eight, if not nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's so in Whitaker's head now. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the the first fight, okay, whatever. But the second fight, Whitaker was like, "This is I I feel the best I've ever felt. I've trained the best. I, I'm just I know I've corrected my mistakes. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel you know." And he goes out there and equally as dominant performance, and I'm like, "Oh man." No, no, it's just not, it's just, it's just not your dude. You know what I mean? It's just somebody's going to have it more than you. 
So, uh, I'm on Vittori and you're mm-hmm. on Whitaker. That's the first deviation yeah. in the Matrix. All right. See if we have another one here. Come, or the main event of the evening, Cyril gone at a minus 550, as high as a minus 570 some spots. Taken on tie to Ivasa, plus 425, plus 450, depending on where you're looking. Um, the record of these gentlemen, Cyril gone at 10 and 1, tied to Ivasa at 15 and 3. Is there any heavyweight on the planet Earth that's worth laying that kind of juice on at minus 550? No. 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 Not against a guy like Tai Tuivasa. There's no way. I'm, Dude, I'm sorry. There's no way. A guy that will stand there and take every single shot you throw at him mm-hmm. and throw back harder? Absolutely not. Tai Tuivasa is an absolute dog. There's no quitting him? Absolutely not. If this was a pick'em, yeah, sure. I'm not taking Tai Tuivasa, right. but at 425, man, I mean, come on now, come yeah. on. I think it's worth. I, listen, and it's the last fight of the night, so even if you parlay and you throw him in there, you can always hedge out. I mean, there's always plenty of opportunities here. Um, but I think I, ma- I made a blood oath several fights ago when I bet against Tai Tuivasa. Uh, what what fight was that? I bet against them, and I said I said I never would. And then I broke my pact, and I and I bet against them. It was the um, the Augusto fight. Yeah, the the Sakai fight. Yep, yep. And he went out there and made me look silly, and he mm-hmm. just brutalized Augusto Sakai. Yeah. So I I will. Um, well, prior to that fight, wasn't he? He was cut from the promotion, and then no, he got brought back, wasn't he? No. Or was so he brought it, back for the Greg Hardy fight? He was brought back for Stefan Struve on the Khabib Gaethje card. Okay. Um, they needed, they needed a short notice guy. And you know, what's weird though, is like, there was no like formal announcement. I don't think that he was cut, but it was like, he was saying online, like he was, he didn't sign with anybody else. Right. Nothing else was happening, but he had a lull in the action there for a while. Um, he lost to Spivak and then um, then yeah, he lost. Yeah. He lost the JDS Blagoy Spivak and then did nothing for a year. And then they brought him back, um, okay. which was interesting. But in in between, he was he was booked for a fight with Yaris Donho, um, but it obviously did not come to fruition. And then they brought him in for Stefan Struve short notice, and he beat the shit out of Struve in Abu Dhabi. So that was cool. Uh, he's a big boy. He's swinging. He's got momentum. I think I think a tie to Ivasa win is is fun. It's fun. Zero oh, yeah. gone. We can talk about how good Cyril Gaon is, how athletic, his fight IQ, the kickboxing, the submission. We can talk about all that. And it's fun to 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 go ahead and just repeat the same talk points as everybody else on the planet Earth. But I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Cyril Gaon is boring. He's boring. He he is he's a croissant. He's just a he's just a plain croissant. And when he's good, he's real good. When he's, and when yeah. he's, but he's he's nothing fancy. No. He's not, he's nothing fancy at all. He's he's just a good staple. I know what I'm getting and you're getting a super technical, very safe. Yeah. Talented, super talented guy, but fuck is he boring sometimes, man. He also yeah. doesn't trust himself, I don't think. Yeah, and I I think the the boringness is really I don't want to say recency bias, but hmm. that fight with Francis Ngannou yeah. was so hyped. Yeah. And it was just like, and like you said earlier, when you have, when you have two killers and you throw them against each other, it almost is like, it it it, it almost never fails to you know upset you and let you down. And that's exactly what that fight was. Yeah. Where they land a total of like 140 strikes in a five round heavy heavyweight fight. Yeah, oh, it was just terrible. Yeah. So boring. Well, I mean, it, the, the Ngannou fight was really boring, but dude, the Alexander Volkov win was was boring, and the Rosenstrike win was even more boring than that, dude. The Rosenstrike that's, that's was the Rosen the Rosenstrike is what dude, I'm the, thinking of, dude. The Rosenstrike win was yeah. awful, man. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yes, awful. And Ngannou just wrestled death him. That's yes, what, he that, did. that that that. I yeah. mean, but again, not that I think Tui Voss is going to go out there and wrestle, but Tui Voss is going to go out there and say, "Look, man, you, you might knock me out of here, but I'm going to make you earn it." You're gonna let me. You're gonna give me the opportunity to hit you before you knock me out. So I think an inside the distance play here is a foregone conclusion. Um, probably not worth playing in that regard. 
Um, but I, I think that there's some some value on some props here. So under three and a half round soup, I think is at minus one fifty, which mm-hmm. I think is is decent. Um, fight doesn't go to decision. Is at a minus two fifty, which I don't think is too bad. No, um, no rep for a parlay piece. Yeah, no five round uh, or no round five start. So fight starts round five. No, is it a plus one sixty? Okay, that's, av- that's available in Fanduel. Um, that's I mean that's twenty minutes of these guys banging. Do you think Tui Voss is going twenty minutes, man? No. I, I, I don't. I think he kills himself before that. Yeah, you know. Um, Tui Vasa by KO plus 700 gone by KO. Is it even money? So I'm going to shoot my shot here and I'm okay. going to say tie Tui Vasa mm. second round knockout mm. at plus 4,000 plus 4,000. I like Tui Vasa round two plus 2,900, but I think he's not going to submit him. So you might as well go. Right. Just take, just take the KO. Okay. So Tui Vasa <laughs> round two KO plus 4,000. Let me, let me double check that round two KO. I'm sorry. It's plus, I was looking at round plus 3,200 is what plus it 32. is. So what plus round one is 4,000? No, round three is 4,000. Okay. But I think he's going to be too, too damn tired after 10 minutes to knock yeah, him out in the yeah, third he, round. He's going to be swinging. That boy going to be swinging. Yeah. I think in the first round, I'll probably say Cyril wins the first round. Tui Voss is going to be pissed. He's going to come out and he's just going to throw. Just absolutely yeah. throw. Maybe he catches him. Yeah. You get that 32 to 1 on your money. Yeah. I love it. All right. So I got two prelim fights I want to talk about. Um, these are the these are the two two spots that I like in the prelims. If you have one that you that sticks out to you, we'll obviously talk about that one as well. But the prelims for this event, in my opinion, are are, are pretty thin, man. Um not enough butter on too much toast as far as I'm concerned, but there are two that I want to talk about. The first one being Benoit Saint-Denis, um, <clears throat> excuse me, taking on, what's my man, what's my man Miranda's first name? I cannot remember this. Um, uh, what, the, what the hell is it? Gabriel Miranda. Miranda's at 16 and five, Benoit Saint-Denis at nine and one. Uh, I know that you watch, I know that you watch fights just as much as I do, but you're familiar with the body of work of one Benoit Saint Denis, correct? So yes. Uh, so this is this is a big fight for him, um, and you know, being a retired special forces officer in France and fighting in France, you know, fighting in Paris, this is a huge thing, and he's got a he's got a pretty difficult task ahead of him here. I know he's the favorite at minus two sixty five. Miranda's at plus two twenty five, but this is a no joke spot for Miranda here at plus two twenty five. Is there any value here? Um, coming back on the other side for Gabriel Miranda here. I don't, I don't know (laughs) much about Gabriel Miranda, so I can't, I can't speak to that. Um, Based off of Benoit St. Denis, the hometown, I mean, but minus two sixty five, it's so big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let, let, let me ask you this. If if we're looking at if we're looking at Benoit Saint Denis, forget forget what you know about Miranda aside, right? Let's just let's forget about that. Okay. Okay. Let's go with the fact of his pro wins, 15 of which, right? He's got 16 wins. Right. 15 of his professional wins have come by submission. Yes. 15. So we know that he can finish the fight. And he's taking on Benoit Saint Denis, who in situations finds himself in a lot of grappling spots. He won his last fight against Nicholas Stolze. Um but again, in that fight, along with the Easy Dos Santos fight, he gets beat up every fight. Like he makes every fight an absolute war. So that being said, is there the opportunity for Miranda to play spoiler because Benoit Saint Denis isn't capable of a clean win? It has to be a war. And in a war, there's scrambles and in scrambles. I got a guy with a basically a 90% finish rate, 91% finish rate. Um, via submission. He's finished every win, has no win by decision. So 100% finish rate, but about whatever that is, 94% um, coming via submission. I just think Benoit Saint-Denis can't win clean enough here um, to not give Miranda a spot. What do you, I mean, is that, does that seem fair? Just looking at the stats? Yeah. I feel like you talked yourself into it. I feel like I did too. (laughs) Well, you're you're supposed to be my voice of reason here. Did no, I no, talk no. My... Okay. No, numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Check the scoreboard. Check the scoreboard. 
Okay. So um, if we're talking about Miranda, let's see here. Where's Miranda by decision? Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, That's so weird, man. I don't have just a Miranda by submission. Okay. No, plus 550, bro. Yeah. Plus 550 on a guy that has 15 of his 16 professional wins by submission. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I'm talking about now. I've talked myself into it. Now you have. And now, if plus 550, I've talked myself into it. All right. Last prelim I want to talk about Nasruddin Imavov taking on Joaquin Buckley. I feel like you knew this one was coming up. Uh, yeah. Imavov at minus 270. Buckley at a plus 220 here. Feel like this is another good underdog spot. What do you think? I'm sorry, I was looking at my prelim play. Um, who did we just talk about? Buckley. He lost to the Chirico. The Chirico. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got quality of competition. I mean, yeah. he fought Kevin Holland, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, Kevin Hall knocked him out, to be fair. In the third um, round. In, in the third round. Wins over Albert Duryev, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, Antonio Hoyo, Jordan Wright, Ipica Sangane. Um, only losses in the UFC to Chirico head kick, which most people believe to be flukish. Yeah. And the straight uh, from Kevin Holland in the third round. I mean, other than that, my man is, has been pretty killerish bro he's been he's been pretty killerish and he looked really good against albert duryev last time out who i believe possesses a similar skill set to nasruddin imavov so are you afraid of um not i know you're you prefer wrestlers Mm -hmm. does that scare you at all it doesn't scare me because I, because I, Nasruddin Imavov is, I mean, he's, he's the Russian sniper, right? So like, yeah, he's going to get the French pop because he fights out of France. Um, he's going to get the French pop here, but, but these fights are back to back with the St. Denis fight. And I feel like the air is going to be sucked out of the room when Miranda gets, gets that submission win. And then Imavov is going to come out and try to reignite the crowd and Joaquin Buckley's there to play spoiler. I mean, if you look at who Amalbob's beat, Edmund Shabazian, Ian Heinish, yeah. Jonathan Munir, I, I, I'm not I'm not blown away by any of those guys. And I think that Duryev and Amalbob have similar skill sets. And I think that Buckley can go out there and put out a similar performance. The only thing that concerns me is Amalbob's tall, and he likes the clinch as well, right. where Duryev wanted to fight at range. Um, I'm cool with it, man. I'm cool with a Buckley play here. Okay. You had a prelim play? I do, and it's actually the first fight of the night. Oh, Stephanie Egger. Yes. Aileen Perez. Yes. Okay. Perez at a plus 240, Egger at a minus 300. What do you think? Uh, I like Stephanie Egger by finish. Okay. Whether that be submission or knockout, either way. Um, I actually like this fight, to, and I this really I, – I don't like saying this, but inside the distance at minus 125 um, – both of these girls, their fights get finished. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephanie Egger by submission is something I like as well. I think it's plus 300. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it starts off with a bang. And I know I know the, the mantra of punch list is women's science. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And this mm-hmm. is a huge, huge women's favorite at minus 300. Yes. Um, not as big as we've seen elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I think I think her by sub. Um, was it two fights ago that she she submitted Jessica Rose Clark? Uh, no. That um, hold on. You're Wasn't throw, it? No, I think you're. Are you mixing her and Stoliarenko up? Hang on. Hold on. No, uh, it might have. It might have been. No, I think she did. I think she. Yeah, Jessica Rose Clark by yeah. armbar. Yeah, that's yep. right. And then, yeah, because they she armbarred egg, or Jessica Rose Clark, and then they gave her Stolia Renko. She got armbarred. Arm <laughs> yes. Uh, um. So her last three fights inside the distance, four of her last five, six of her or six of her last eight, and eight of all of her eight of her ten fights have yeah. finished inside the distance. 
I think a fair point to make here too is that she's coming off that loss to Meyer Bueno Silva with the with the phantom tap that nobody saw. Um, that's why she's making such a quick turnaround. Right. Uh, you know, a little over a month, she basically said that that was a wasted, uh, basically a wasted camp, and she feels like she got a win taken from her. I think she's going to try to make a statement here against Perez. However, um, mm, no, no, just just hear, hear me out here. I. <laughs> I have to I have to either I either have to play Perez or I have to avoid the fight just based on 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 the self-imposed rules that I'm trying to to impose on myself here. Now, uh, I don't know much about the Samurai Fight House promotion, which is where Perez is coming out of. I don't yeah. know anything about that. Um, I, I will say this uh, as far as worldwide MMA rankings go, um, you know, top 50 women's bantamweight. So. Apparently, somebody thinks rather highly of her. Uh, she's making her promotional debut here. Promotional debut, first Paris car, first French card. It seems like an avoidable spot for me. Okay. Uh, inside the distance, inside the distance, though, is at plus money. So just plus 115 for this fight to end inside the distance. A women's fight with plus money attached to it is something I can get, get on board with. So I'll probably play that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I think we'll put a bow on this bad boy. Dude, real quick. Real Big, quick. Hold on. Yeah. Big boxing fight this weekend that neither one of us knew about? You know what's weird? As I listened to it, like I knew, I heard it, and then I just wanted – like so with boxing, one of the things that's terrible about boxing is the, because everything's promoted individually, it's very hard to catch promotions for things, right? So you don't like – you right. lose track of stuff. Um, so I heard that this fight was a thing, but I never saw where it was finalized. You know what I mean? Like you, you right. hear, you hear that something's announced and you hear a date, but you don't, it's oftentimes it never comes to fruition. Um, this being one of them. So those of you who are unfamiliar, Luis Ortiz, King Kong himself is taking on Andy Ruiz this weekend. And if you're not familiar with who Andy Ruiz is, he's the guy that started the downfall of Anthony Joshua. Um, out of nowhere, what was he like a 15 to one dog huge, or something like that? Huge dog. Um, and knocked out Anthony Joshua and then got a lot of money mm-hmm. and took a portly uh, um, physique and made it a little bit more portlier mm-hmm. and then lost it all and has since been on the warpath coming back. Hits hard, very fast for a big guy, very, yeah. very fast, but he's taking on Lewis Ortiz. Uh, King Kong is is an accurate nomenclature for him. He's a very big man and he hits very hard. Do you have a play for this? You like inside the distance, maybe, or what are you thinking? Well, you know what? I'm actually on the opposite side of that. You think it's going decision? Uh, decisions at a plus one forty right now. Hmm. Andy Ruiz by decision it is a plus two sixty. Okay. And you think I he's just going to win some rounds? I do. Okay. I, do. I think he keeps his distance. Uh, I think he uses his speed and. Yeah, I actually do. I like Andy Ruiz. I I think Andy Ruiz wins this fight. I absolutely do. Um, I can't bring myself to play him at like a minus three fifty. I think is what he's coming in at. Yeah. So, um, to get him at plus money, I do. I think I, I, I think a decision is possible. Yeah. I I honestly I'm on my I'm on my knockout. I think okay. The the, the reason why the reason why I say that is this is I think Ortiz gets behind on the cards. And he starts throwing harder. Yeah. Um, uh, Ortiz is not a volume guy to begin with, so the more he gets down, the more the harder he'll throw. Energy becomes a factor, and then the other thing you have to take into account too is that in boxing they will stop a fight if you're outmatched. You yeah. don't even have to be getting beat up, yeah. but if you, have, if you if you have no chance of winning a fight, you're just getting outmatched. They'll stop it and just go, "Hey, man, it's not your night. We're gonna live to fight another day," and they'll just go, Matt, we're done here." which is something that I think they should do in MMA more, but the dynamic in MMA is a little bit different. You can always like snatch a submission at the very end or fucking mm-hmm. Leon Edwards head kick um, with one minute left, 56 seconds left and went, turn the, the, the tides of history forever. Jesus. That, dude. You know what that is though? Yeah. That's the MMA world. That's the MMA universe writing itself. That was, that was, that was the axis of the MMA world being off kilter and then it writing itself because all these people talking about Kamara Usman being the goat were fucking high. 
He was nowhere near goat status. Not no. not in any division ever. Never. Oh, I agree. Never. I, his two quality wins over Colby. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, as a Colby fan, I, I cannot argue those are those are his two most quality wins are over Colby, and they were decisive wins. Yeah. There's nothing. Um, there's nothing about a, a victory over George that no. falls as quality. No. You, you no. George twice. Yeah. So you, so you beat a former 155er who should have been, probably been 170 his whole career. But let, uh, for my point here, he's a former 155er in Gilbert Burns. Um, you beat a journeyman, which is fair, and not just Colby diatribe. That is that is exactly what you beat a journeyman twice, and you beat Colby Covington twice. Yeah. Yes, the win streak is impressive, but as far as title reign goes, to say that he was among the best welterweights of all time is ludicrous. Yeah. In case in point, because I'm glad we talked about him earlier. If if winning streaks alone are enough to call you one of the goats, then Henan Burrell is one of the bantamweight Absolutely. goats. Yeah. If that if that is enough, but no, you know what? When you talk about the greatest bantamweights of all time, nobody's mentioning Henan Burrell. Not a single person. Nobody. Nobody had that belt defended at what three times? Um, Twenty. No, dude. Was it high? Was it in? Was it like thirty-two? Hang on. It, it was absurd. Here, it was like I feel the numbers twenty six and thirty two are sticking out in my head. I don't know why, but it, if that's the case, right. thirty two straight fights, thirty two. See, thirty one wins in a no contest over nine years. Fucking this noodle, bro. It's all in there, man. It's just you got to bring it out sometimes. Thirty two, yeah. thirty two in a row. Nobody's sitting here going, Hannah Burrell is one of the one of the bantamweight goats. No, nobody, nobody at all. And the same should go with Kamara Usman. If you want to make him a, if you want to, they'll eventually make Kamara Usman a Hall of Famer just because yeah. it's a popularity contest and not a skill measurement. But it, it, whatever. That that that's not my that's not my battle to fight. Um, but everybody that was like, oh, he's one of the he's one of the welterweight goats. Sit down, go sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just, and he was beating Leon. I'm not going to pretend that he wasn't beating Leon because he definitely was. Correct. Um, but no, 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 no. Calm down. <laughs> Which let me ask you this. If you're Leon, what's your next play? What do you do next? You do not give Kamar Usman an immediate rematch. Uh, you wait and let that old fuck get older. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you mm-hmm. fight him again and then you beat him again. That's, I, I like that. Cause that's, that's the same thing I've been saying is you l- take the year. You take, take the it. year, take a year, yeah. take, take a year or at least 10 months. Like if I'm, if I'm Edwards, I'm looking for 4th of July. Like I want on international fight week. Like let's push yeah. it till then. Give it till then. That's what I would do. I would pull, I would, I would stretch this into oblivion. Let Usman get older. Yeah. Let those be, knees. Be 36 next July. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let those knees that are already in bad shape let them get worse, because you know he's doing road work to stay stay. Let them think. Let dude, that's another ten months of wear and tear on that body, bro. Just let it. I know the brain's recovering, so you either rematch him immediately while his brain hasn't recovered and try to knock him out, or you wait damn near a year. I'd wait for the year. I'd let him get older. I know one thing. I know from Leon Edwards, I'm not fighting Colby Covington. No, no, you're absolutely not fighting Colby. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Get his ass beat, drug through the dirt. Yeah, that's be bad. Not, that's, he, does, he does not want that in his life. It's a bad matchup for him. Yeah, the, the hard part with Leon is he's going to have to pull an Aljamain Sterling and hurt something and push it out further because there's too many people that are too healthy that haven't fought in a while that are that have viable claim to a title shot. Right, um, and you know, one of them we're going to see next week not this upcoming week but next weekend in Hamzat yeah he's gonna murder Nate Diaz oh I can't wait and while he's standing there covered in Diaz's Mexican blood he's gonna call for Leon Edwards yes he is um and you know if if I guess if you're one of the I guess one of maybe one of the pivot not maybe not a wet dream but at least a spicy dream of the UFC would be Edwards Usman rematch, but also if Hamzat gets through Nate quickly, um, which I believe that he will, you oh, can yeah. maybe push for like 
I don't know, somewhere around St. Patty's Day, you could get a Hamzat versus Colby fight for a number one contender. Yeah. But even then, even then that pushes nobody outside of Usman and Edwards are fighting for a belt in 2023. Like yeah. you won't there there's no there is no Colby, there is no Hamzat, there is no like if you are expecting them to get a title fight in the next year, it's not going to happen. Unless it's, it'll be interim if it is. There will be no undisputed champ that is not named Leon Edwards or Kamar Usman in 2023. It's, it's, they just, they don't move that fast. It's not happening. And after we watch Sean Brady absolutely kill Bilal Muhammad in October. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, yes, sir. Mm. Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm excited for that. October 22nd. It's a good fight. Yeah. It's a real good fight. It'll be very good. All right. Going to put a bow on this thing, guys. If you don't already do so, head over to the Give Me the Points um, YouTube channel. Hit subscribe uh, or go to your Apple Podcasts and subscribe there. And it's not Give Me, it's Gimme. Gimme. Like, gimme, 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 Gimme. Like Gimme, Gimme by ABBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, everybody's going to get that reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gimme the Loot. Gimme the Loot. Notorious B.I.G. B-I-G. There, there you go. <laughs> Much better. Yeah, head over there, subscribe, um, share, comment, the whole thing. Follow on Instagram, the same thing. Um, if you don't already do so, you can do the same for us uh, here over at, at Punchlist MMA. And the women's science t-shirts will be live pre-fight night uh, this weekend. So um, what I've decided to do is I've got a store of designs um, saved up. I'm going to release all of them. Um, so... There is a women's science shirt, a Caucasus Mountain Warrior shirt, a uh, Punchless Pride Wave the Flag shirt, and there's another one too. There's one more that's coming out. So uh, there will be either four or five designs that will all launch um, prior to fight night on Saturday. So uh, I know you guys have been asking for the women's science shirts for the better part of six months. Um, so they're coming. This this weekend, this Saturday, you will be able to purchase a women's science shirt. Um, now, disclaimer on this real quick. All of these shirts will be printed and released through Spring Tea. It will not be an Allegiance shirt. So if you've bought the previous Allegiance design shirts and Allegiance printed, manufactured, and shipped ones, this is not that. This is third-party it's the same ones that like Anik and Florian and all these other podcast. Most podcasters use Spring Tea for their merch. I'm doing the same thing as them. So the reason the delay is I've got to create basically an online storefront. It takes a while uh, and it's not. Trey was always really good at that stuff. I'm not. So I'm taking my time doing it right or not doing it at all. Um, but the fulfillment will come through them. So feel free. Uh, I will post the links and all that stuff. You guys know I'll take care of you in that regard. So uh, appreciate everybody that supports the show. Thanks for tuning in. Soup, thanks for coming on. Appreciate you. We'll yeah, see you guys um, on Saturday. What I got, you got one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, follow us on the Action Network. Mm, that's uh, right. Yeah, you we guys have, track on there. We have our tracker on the Action Network. All of our preseason props are out there, um, two of which I I don't want to call them wins already, but we took Zach Wilson's under on 14 and a half inter- interceptions. Yeah. He's not going to play a full season, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then Najee Harris under 1,600 total yards. He is dealing with a sprained Liz Franck injury, the running back killer. Yeah. Um, so that's not good. I wish I don't. You know, I don't wish Najee any ill will, but under 1,600 total yards. Um, but that's all I got. Um, and for Trey, <laughs> hey, real quick, hold on a second, real quick. Because uh, I know Trey's going to listen to this, I want you. I want your opinion. With Halloween coming up, mm-hmm. don't you think Trey should go as Homelander? Yeah, dude, I think that would he should be carry the... around a bottle of breast milk, dude. If Trey went as Homelander and carried around a bottle of breast milk, I yeah, think dude. I did. I that... think I think if he doesn't go as Homelander, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, between the jawline. As yeah. well as like the dead eyes and the, and the hair. Whole, yeah, I was gonna say the sun soaked hair, not the dead. <laughs> Fuck out of here. You're such a jerk. <laughs> oh man, Trey, I love you. All right. Yeah, I think Homelander for sure. For sure. I mean, last year he went as Maui, which doesn't doesn't fit. I mean, I, I feel like, like Maui from Moana Maui. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, man. Come yeah. on now. No. Homelander. Been, Homelander. He'd have been better as that, that that chicken that just pecks the wood. Oh. Um, What's hey, his hey. name? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Wait. Yeah, because Pooh yeah, was hey, the hey. pig. Yeah. yeah hey, hey. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys later. Take care. Be good to fuck, each other. Fuck the Raiders. <laughs> You're such a, dude, why are you being such a hater?